Amen. Welcome everyone to St. Paul's for worship this morning. I'm glad you're here. Sorry, I'm glad all of you are here. I hope that you are happy to be here. Uh, as far as announcements are concerned, just uh, familiarize yourself with the one announcement that's in the church bulletin about the women's conference. Uh, but I do not have any other announcements unless you all have something that you believe needs to be shared this morning. Do we have anything that needs to be brought to our attention? All right, then. Well, let's uh, prepare our hearts for worship uh, by uh, approaching the Lord through prayer. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your, uh, your love for us. You watch over us. You brought us to this place and uh, as we gather to worship and as we prepare our hearts to, to learn from you and, and to glorify you, we ask that you would be here with us in, a, in that way that changes us, in that way that makes us more like you. And so we do ask that you help us to grow in our love for you, to grow in our, our understanding of who you are, our relationship with you, but help us to grow in our love with one another, uh, that we may, we may walk... Uh, as your children, children of light. And also help us to fall more in love with those people who uh, are not yet in that covenant relationship with you, who have not found their hope in Jesus Christ. And, and let us live lives and, and to interact with them in such a way that we are winsome, uh, that we draw them to you, uh, and help us to, to be patient with one another and patient with the lost. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And now we pray with one voice that prayer that you taught your disciples to pray as we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, let's stand if you're able. And we will sing. Uh, this is a great Lutheran hymn, right? I believe. Uh, and so we're going to sing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Stand with us if you're able. If not, stand in spirit. And we'll sing the four verses.
Amen. Please be seated. Do we have any birthdays to celebrate this morning? Anyone celebrating a birthday? Earlier, Bill Weatherhold let us know that he was going to have a birthday tomorrow, that he wasn't going to bring his money until next week. We sang to him anyway. I think he's about 350 years old. Do we have any anniversaries to celebrate? Any happy anniversaries? No? What about other good news? I can share with you that uh, my father, who's still in no way in good health, uh, but in better health, and um, last I heard from my mom that uh, he was likely to be allowed to go home on Monday. Uh, They have a few days of uh, meds to put in through his system to clear up some things. but uh, he has improved uh, to the point where they will, they will send him home. Um, now, they probably would let him stay longer if he wanted to, but he really doesn't like to be in the hospital. Um, so they're letting him go home. They're not really sending him home, although some of them may be happy to get rid of him. So he's one of those, uh, uh, what is it we, what they say in the South, you know, oh, bless your heart, but they don't really mean Bless your heart, <laughs> you know, so there was a lot of heart blessing going on this week in the hospital, but I am thankful that he's doing better, that's why I'm back, um, if you didn't know, I went back, I went up to Ohio uh, to be with them uh, this week, And but I am happy to be back, I really am, uh, much rather be here uh, than there in a the hospital room. Um, any other good news to share, anything going good, yeah? praying for Hayden, but we're thankful that Hayden's here. So, exciting, exciting. Anything else? Michelle? That could... For such a volatile situation... Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't go as bad as it could have. Yeah, yeah. We are very thankful for that. Yes, they did. Iran did come out and officially take ownership of what they did. So, human error. They didn't even blame the machine. So that's good. Anything else? All right. Well. Uh, Let's stand a little bit now that you've sat back down. Let's stand and greet one another and say something about how much you like the person that you're saying hi to.
Y'all ever seen a kid die in public before? <laughs> Levi. Come on. They're all looking for you. Did you see the joy? <laughs> Which, <laughs> it's like, <sighs> there were three people who stood up right behind you. You just didn't see them. No. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you for Jake. And we ask that uh, you would uh, also receive from our hands this morning these gifts that we bring to you. As our worship, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand once again and sing our doxology.
Amen. Please be seated once again. So turn our, our hearts toward prayer this morning. Remember those things, as always, that are listed on the back of your bulletin. Uh, I would ask that as a church, uh, we be in prayer for, for Sue's sister, June. Uh, so they've had a lot of flooding in their basement because of all this rain, and uh, it's a bad one. One of those all-hands-on-deck type situations to help get that cleaned up. Um, but this is just one layer on top of all of the things that June has been wrestling with lately. So um, we love seeing June right here in this pew, but uh, you all know if she's not here, there's good reason for it, right? And so let's be praying for June. But a thing that we can do practically is just send her a card or a note or something to encourage her. Or maybe a quick emphasis on the word quick phone call. Uh, she don't need to spend an hour talking to her because um, she's got a lot going on. But just to tell her that you love her and you're praying for her. Uh, even if you just wanted to make something nice for them to eat, you know, you could just take it on over there. You don't have to call. Just make it and drop it off, you know, and they'll eat it. Uh, that's normally uh, the best thing that we can do for folks in those situations is just... Uh, encourage them and maybe do something practical for them. Um, do we have any other prayer requests that we need to share this morning? So Pat Haywig is in the hospital? Okay. All right. Yeah, Michelle. Okay. What's her last name again? Or. All right. Yes. All right. Sue again. Hmm. 
They are sisters and they both um, have been diagnosed with breast cancer and they both are having lumpectomies. Wow. Let's pray together, church. God, as these things have been named here in in this place of worship, uh, we pray that you would uh, attend to these things in the ways that you've promised to. But you have asked us to, to bring our requests and our petitions before you, and so we do this now, and we ask uh, for June, for that strength and and. Uh, encouragement that she needs. We pray for the family of Diane Smith and her passing. We pray for their comfort. We pray for Pat Haywig whose uh, recovery continues. God, we lift up the, the country of Australia, which includes not just the people and the uh, the damage to infrastructure, but the damage done to, to nature there, this thing that you have created. and um, God, we pray for your intervention there. We pray for an end to these fires. But God, I also pray for, for those of us who are having a hard time seeing you in all of this. And so God, I pray that you would pour your faith into them to help them to be able to trust. And it's a difficult thing to trust when we do not understand, God. God, we pray for for Frida, that you would be with her in her recovery. We lift up Sam to you, that you would be with her in in the chemotherapy treatments starting tomorrow. We pray for the family of Helen Burns as she's passed, and we pray again for their comfort. And we lift up sisters Rose and Margaret to you. The uncanny timing and and seeming coincidence of their surgeries for the same issue being taken place on the same day. And and God, I, I pray that you would be with them. We pray for healing for their bodies. And God, there are many things that are on our hearts and our minds that we were not able to express. And I pray that you give us in those things the courage and the grace needed to trust you. And Lord, let remind us that it is not because we have been good. It is not because we have been righteous. It is not because we have been obedient children even. But it is because of your mercy and your grace that you hear our prayers. Help us to put our hope and our confidence in you. And we do ask all of this in the the mighty and the powerful, but also the loving and good name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, if you're not too tuckered out yet, let's stand again and let's sing I Am Thine, O Lord, verses 1 and 4. And then we will get into the word.
Amen. Please be seated. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 15 to 18. And the thing to remember about the book of Revelation is that that book scares a lot of people because we think it's all about the hooky spooky stuff that happens at the end of the world. But the book of Revelation is self-testifying. The title of the book, John says, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ to the churches. Right, so it's not revealing, uh, its purpose is not really, I mean, yes, it talks about the last days, but its purpose is not to reveal what's about to happen. Its purpose is to reveal Jesus Christ to us. So it is good for us to study this, this book. And I particularly enjoy the first portions of this book because it talks a great deal about worship and our relationship with Jesus and how important it is. The rest of it gets a little confusing, I will admit. Um, but the scripture today comes from chapter 3, uh, verses 15 to 18. And he says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you would either be cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. And so this is the word of God for the people of God. And we say, Praise be to God. Amen. So God's grace, and, and I talk about this a lot, about how it's a free gift, and it's not something that's based on our performance, and it's something we're supposed to uh, accept from him, and we're not, we can't earn God's love for us. We, we simply need to accept it. But there's this, this reveling in God's grace. There's a holy reveling, and then there's an unholy reveling in God's grace. And let me talk about the difference. There's this holy reveling in which you're so excited about it that it spurns you to actions. It spurns you on toward righteousness. It, it, it makes you a better person. But then there's this unholy reveling, which says, well, he'll love me no matter what, so I may as well just be who I want to be and do what I want to do. And this sort of unholy uh, reveling, if you will, produces, uh, uh, it doesn't produce that real righteousness that God is seeking. It produces a more anemic version. In the scripture we're talking about, uh, you know, this hot or cold, you know, uh, God doesn't want, you know, he wants you to either be righteous or don't be righteous. Don't give me the fake stuff. Don't give me the lukewarm stuff, the sort of half-hearted attempts at being good Christians. Um, and then, uh, you know, it wasn't but a couple weeks ago, Bill Weatherholt came to me and, you know, in all of the tact um, or lack thereof that is Bill Weatherholt, he said, I don't know what you're doing with the coffee, but you need to cut it out. <laughs> he said, you need to put about half as many grounds in that coffee as you've been putting in it. So apparently I was making the coffee too strong, right? So I cut it in half, literally in half. I put half as much coffee in that percolator as I had been, and he enjoyed it so much more, and so did the rest of his croonies. But they, they said, oh, yeah, you got it this time. That's perfect coffee, right? And so 
apparently what I was giving them before was basically motor oil. And, but my fear was is that I was going to give them this anemic version of coffee, right? That sort of smelled a little bit like coffee, but you knew it wasn't really coffee, you know, that, that looked more like dirty water. And, and that was what I was afraid I was going to give them, but apparently I put just the right amount, and that's what they were looking for, right? These coffee connoisseurs, right? They, they knew exactly what they wanted, and I, that's a good picture, I think, of what God wants from us when it comes to righteousness. Now, in the last, uh, last week, we talked about the frankincense, and I have, I have it up here on the altar. Um, we talked about the frankincense that... Uh, we're supposed to offer God our our praises, our prayers, our worship uh, to Him when we come to sing songs, when we come to church. Those those religious things that we do to honor God, um, and and these are our frankincense to God, and and we need to offer those up. But I told a story, if you'll remember, that C.S. Lewis told. I retold his story about the father who basically gives his son some money to go to the corner store and buy a birthday present for his father, right? And the end result, C.S. Lewis says, uh, every fool knows that the father is, is sixpence none the richer, meaning he just bought his own birthday gift, right? However, the exchange is what was important, right? The kid, with all of the love that his little heart could muster, gives this gift to the father saying, this is for you, Please, I'm saying that you are, you are worthy, and I'm giving this to you, and the Father receives that worship, right? When we put our offerings in the plate, yes, we went to work, we earned that money, but who gave us the breath and the strength and the ability to go to work and earn that money, right? All of the gifts that we bring to God, he first gave to us in the first place, and so we're, we're giving back. We're not paying back, and there's a huge difference there. Just one word, giving back or paying back. If you're giving something back to someone, it's because they first gave it to you. If you're paying them back, it's because you think now we're even. We're squared. We're never going to be square with God. Okay, We're never going to be square with God. It's always, we are always the receivers, even if we are giving. It is out of his abundance that we're able to give. And that's a great picture, I think, of what, what worship is like. But frankincense is, not, is just the first gift that we're supposed to bring. Um, the other gift is the gold. And wouldn't it be nice for you if there was real gold nuggets up here? But no, these are fake gold. Um, <laughs> but is the gold, the gold that we're supposed to bring to the Father, right? Uh, and the gold that I believe... Uh, that the scriptures referred to is just what was in the, the text that we read um, in, the, in the book of Revelation is this gold refined by fire, right? And, and, and in the scriptures, gold really is not referring to money. Gold's not referring to your material wealth even. Um, but it does speak of human strength for righteousness, I believe. Uh, the good things that you bring to God. And he's not interested in the pyrite, He's not interested in the fool's gold. He's not interested in the gold that has a lot of impurities in it. Okay? Uh, in fact, he's more interested in that gold that's been refined by fire. And what that means is, you know, he says there in, in that text, he says, uh, you come to me and, and buy gold from me that has been refined in fire. 
And the difference between gold that's refined in fire and gold that isn't refined is one of them has more impurities in it. So if you buy six ounces of unpurified gold and six ounces of purified gold, which of those is worth more? What do you think? The pure, I mean, it's pretty simple math, right? But we humans, we go out of our way and spend a whole lot of effort and money buying dirty gold and offering it to God say, there's gold in there, trust me. We offer it to him and say, there's gold in there. So there's, there's a little bit of gold in there, God. Would you please receive this gift? And he's like, don't bring me that stuff. Why don't you buy from me the pure stuff, the good stuff? Because the stuff I want from you has got to be refined in fire. And the only place you're going to get that is from me. Well, the other problem that that text presents to us, he says, you think you're wealthy, but you're not. You're poor. You're destitute. You're naked. You have nothing. You have no money to buy gold from me. So how are we going to buy gold from you, God? Well, there it is again. Ask me. I'll give you a loan. <laughs> right? Knowing that you can't pay him back. He'll give you the money to buy the gold from him, and then he'll give you the gold. And so what do you have? You are in the, the, you're in the black even though you're in the red, right? And it's this perpetual state of, 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 of a humble person, right? This poverty of spirit that God has called us to. And we have to understand that when it comes to our gold that we're offering God, the righteousness that we're offering to God uh, is a gift from him. And what does it mean to worship? If you remember, it means to ascribe worth, right? And we ascribe worth all the time. You go to, go to Starbucks, you're saying that that coffee is worth $8 to me or however much it is these days. It might be even more. And some of you all won't pay that much for a cup of coffee because it's not worthy, right? I will not worship that coffee in that way. Because it's not worth it. And we have to understand that when we come, this is called Sunday worship, right? When we come to worship together here, what we're saying to God is, God, you are worthy of this hour of my time. You are worthy of me setting aside this time for me to come and gather with my brothers and sisters in Christ to learn from you and to worship you and to sing your songs and to pray our prayers to you, and we set that time aside for you. And sometimes it's an hour, 15 minutes if I'm preaching. I understand that. But we're saying to God, you're worthy of this time. I'm giving it to you. Now, I'm not, this is not to pick on people for not coming to church. This is saying, that's, what, that's why we call this worship. I'm, I'm putting this hour aside for you. Uh, and we do that in other ways throughout the week. We may not worship in this way, but we worship through being obedient. Right, we worship through. Uh, when I say, you know, these acts of righteousness. Ultimately, I mean, that's one of those words, righteousness. Uh, I'll ask the youth group sometimes, what, what does it mean to be righteous? And they get it right every time, because they say, it's a do right, <laughs> right? It's one of those words that has the definition in the word, right? To be right, it's to do right when it's easier to do wrong. It's to obey when disobedience is more inviting. It's to say yes to God when no would get you more favor with people. That's righteousness. Righteousness is hard to do. 
which is why we offer God dirty gold instead. I'll do what you want on Monday, God, but Tuesday's for me, right? Or I'll do what you want, sorta. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give to the poor, but I'm going to make sure that I get that tax deductible receipt and I'm going to make sure that it's actually works in my budget to do it. Right? I'm going to make sure that I get mine first. You know, technically, we've obeyed, right? You know, it's kind of like if, uh, if we ask our kids to do the dishes or something like that, um, there is a way. Right? There is a refined by fire way in which Rachel would prefer the dishes to be done. And then there's what we usually get, <laughs> which is like you have to check the dishes before you use them. Right? There's that, that's that dirty gold that we offer to God. And so that, I'm not picking on kids in the way they do chores. This, this is about us. right? So the second gift that we're supposed to ascribe to him is this gold uh, and, uh, and it's this doing stuff, instead of doing stuff for God, uh, it's about doing stuff with God and, and being obedient to him. But the problem is, is that we like to offer him this dirty, dirty gold. But God is not an undiscerning prospector. He's one of those old timers that really knows what he's looking at. He can spot fool's gold from a mile away. He can smell it. He says, no, 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 no that's not the good stuff. We're not that good at it. We sometimes can, can look at ourselves and say, no, I, I did really good there, right? Especially when other people are patting us on the back, telling us we did really good, you know? But God says, did you? Did you do really good there? And we all know what our issues are. It's different for every one of us. The ways in which we sort of nudge, nudge, wink, wink, do righteousness. The ways in which we sort of try to pull the wool over God's eyes. And, and, and present ourselves as if we are we're doing the righteous thing, uh, the way we justify this half-hearted righteousness or this dirty gold that we bring to God. Instead of choosing obedience, we, we have ways of, of redistributing the words and disobedience and calling it obedience, or the letters rather, not the words. Because it's more, it's easier, right? But God can tell the difference. But we're supposed to buy this gold from him. And the only way we can buy it is if he gives us what we need to buy it, which is grace. It's grace. And so when we come to ascribe him worth, when we come and, and do our acts of righteousness, those things that he's called us to do that are not easy, but they're the right thing to do, you know, to ascribe, you know, scribe, scribble, write, when we're ascribing God right, you know, worth, rather, the pen we use was a gift from him. The strength in our hands was a gift from him. The, the strength in our legs to stand and to raise our hands is a gift from him. All of that is a gift from him. The heart and the mind that he quickens to say the things to God that we need to say to pray the things that we need to pray, gifts from him. All that we bring, our frankincense, our gold, our praise and prayers and thanksgivings, our acts of righteousness. And next week, as we learn, even our myrrh, they have their beginning in him. He is the beginning. 
and the end. So the things you do for God, start doing them instead of for God. You do them with God. You do it in his strength. The righteous acts that you produced, they need to be refined in his fire first. And as we go forth from this place today, don't get distracted by that lackluster gold, that, that fool's gold that promises to maybe, maybe fool some people, but it will never fool God. Isaiah tells us that your righteousness is like filthy rags. Like a stench-filled cloth. And I, uh, my dad used to work at a soybean processing plant. And one of his jobs on the maintenance team there was to go underneath the hoppers and clean out the old, rotten soybeans that had fallen down. Some of the most putrid stuff I've ever smelled. Because he would come home, he would be in the pores of his skin. Made you want to burn his clothes, except they were his work clothes, so you couldn't. So you had to wash them and dry them. Even after you washed them a couple times and they were hanging in there and drying, the whole house smelled like rotten soybeans, right? And yet we were like, in contrast, this is what God's saying, this is what you're offering me, you know? Not stuff that's been refined by fire, but stuff you've tried to clean up. Stuff you've tried to refine in your own human strength. That's what you're offering me. He says, don't, don't give me that stuff. Come to me, and I'll give you the good stuff. Come to me, and I'll give you the real stuff. And the year ahead that St. That Paul's has before, 2020 is going to be a year. And I know that's kind of a funny way to say it because, well, yeah, it's going to be a year. It's going to be called 2020. But it's, it's going to, I, we've got a lot of stuff ahead of us as a congregation this year. And we're going to need to be a people who offer gold refined by fire. Not a people who offer God the, the good enough. You know? Not a people who offer God the the typical stuff that we've, we're used to offering him. But we need to, we need to say, okay, God, instead of saying, God, here's the best I could do. Here's my dirty gold. Say, God, here's my dirty gold. Can you refine it for me? Can you purify it for me? And then give it back to me so I can give it to you again. That should be our prayer. So we offer him our hearts and we say, this is the best we could do, but can you make it better? And then give it back to me so I can offer you my life once again. That's who we need to be as a people. So I want you to think about that as we, as we, as we rise to sing uh, our final hymn. Um, but seek ye first. And that's really, I think, I love this. Margie always does a fantastic job of picking songs for us. Uh, but seek ye first. And what is it that he says? Seek ye first my kingdom and my, not yours, but my righteousness, that's what God says. Seek the righteousness that belongs to the Lord, not the righteousness that belongs to you, but his righteousness. And, and it will be given to you. So let's stand if you're able, and we'll sing this final song.
man, an image that has helped me, and it's an odd image, I'll admit, but an image that has helped me and I think may help you in understanding this whole uh, grace-powered righteousness uh, is, is that of an escalator. We've all ridden escalators, but that's my favorite thing about going to big airports is when you get there and they have that moving sidewalk, you know, where you can get on there and you're like, boy, I'm really moving now. And you actually move faster on that thing than you do when you're walking and pulling your, your luggage yourself. But you, you don't do anything. You can just rest. You can just rest and you're moving along, right? And so this image of an escalator, this this not human-powered staircase, right? And staircases are valuable, right? They get you from one level to another. But a staircase relies on human power. Staircase relies on what you are able to accomplish. An escalator, you can just get on and you know, you listen to the escalator music. Do they have escalator music? Yeah. They should have escalator music. Anyway, you can get on that escalator and, and you can get there. And here's the thing about escalators. They're always full of people and nobody's moving, right? So you can't get up an escalator faster than the escalator. You could try, but you'd have to be like, excuse me, excuse me, coming through, excuse me, excuse me, all right? You have to fight your way up there. The best way to ride an escalator is to get on and stop. Get on and just rest. And let the escalator take you to where the escalator is supposed to take you, right? And, and yet, the, the unfortunate part of that, or the hard part for us is, is we look over at the people who are taking the stairs, and they seem to be making more progress than us sometimes. And we get jealous because they're getting up faster than us, right? They're getting, they're getting more credit for going from one level to the other than we, we feel like we've taken the lazy train, you know? All the overweight people are over here on the escalator and all the, all the cross trainers are over here on the staircase and they're up there in their active wear and their Nikes and we're over here in our sweatpants, you know? And, and they're just going on up, right? And we're like jealous of the, the credit that they're getting for going from one level to the other. But this is a spiritual staircase, right? And as we're headed up these, these, these things, when you, just as you're about to enter that place, your reward for all the hard work you've done of riding that escalator, you look over and you see all these people so proud of what they've accomplished fall off the end. They fall off the end. They fall off the end, one after another. And that is the end thereof, of pride. Right? Pride always comes before the fall. And yet here we are. And it doesn't, it doesn't work in our economy. Well, that doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem right. Those people should get some reward. They did. Sore calves. That's their reward. And, and so we have to be able to say, all right, God, I'm giving this to you. And we always have to maintain that idea that it is not my righteousness that affords me the grace of your presence. It is your righteousness. The gold that I'm offering you is that which you've already given me. So let's remember that and go in peace.